Cody Alexander, Match Courts. Welcome to another episode of the Art of X Show. Today we're talking about attacking the guard and pass protection, talking about third downs in particular, or passing downs. So this would be like your, your second and longs, your third and medium to long, how to attack the pass protection, and how to attack it specifically the guard. I think a lot of people understand how to attack the edges of pass protection or how to attack the back and pass protection. But what do you do when the worst blocker for pass is internal as a guard? So that's what we're going to talk about today and kind of review some of the things that I went over in the article that I wrote about this week, which you will have linked in the show notes below. The NFL is a protection league. That's one of the things that you need to understand. Most defenses are similar in the way that they fit the run. Uh, most defenses are going to be similar nowadays with how they structure front, front systems. Um, and so what where you see differences is going to be on those blitz packages and primarily how they're going to attack protections. Offenses spend a lot of time in the NFL and a lot of time at the higher levels of kind of how are we going to defend certain people? Remember, the NFL is a matchup league, much like most of the professional the, uh, sports leagues. They're going to be a matchup leagues. How are we going to defend this particular person? Uh, I, you know, I live in the DFW area, so we talk about Micah Parsons all the time down here. How are we defending Micah Parsons? If you're a Rams fan, it's how are we going to defend Aaron Donald? Uh, so it, as you go through, you need to understand which team has, do you have an elite pass rusher? If you do, how am I going to then defend that on the offensive side? On the other side, it is going to be how can we get our best player, the one who is best at attacking the quarterback during passing downs, how are we going to get them free? And so this is what we're talking about today with manipulation of protection. In the NFL, the pass is king. It's a quarterback-driven league. We go down to college football, it's a quarterback-driven league. At the higher levels of football, at the high school level, it is also going to be a quarterback league. This means you need answers in the rush. And you need answers in the rush now. Now, every single down passing downs is all about creating stress and getting that matchup, getting that one on one with your best player versus their worst player and how we're going to do this. If you go back, speaking of two people that I just talked about, Michael Parsons and Aaron Donald, if you go back to the Cowboys and the Rams game uh, from from weeks before Getting Aaron Donald on rookie Tyler Smith was a key to the Rams game plan. They wanted to get him, even though he's interior lineman, moving him out and stacking him. He's their best defensive lineman, put them on what they felt like was a mismatch. And so you saw some different things from the Rams in or, uh, to manipulate protection to get him in a one-on-one. -on -one. So that way Tyler Smith had to, you know, block a future Hall of Famer. Many times it is a, it is players, not plays. And I think that that's the key. If you take away anything from this on third down protection manipulation or third down pressure design is that it has to be about players and not necessarily plays. You can use the plays to get your player in one-on-one -on -one situations, but it really boils down to if I have an elite pass rusher, if I have somebody that I know is just too fast for a tackle or a guard to handle, I need to stack that person on top of that person and just let them go play. Um, manipulation, again, is about getting the matchup, but let the players do what they do best. Let's talk quickly about attacking protections. First off, you need to find the donkey. I, and that's the kind of the term that I use. Who is the worst offensive lineman? 
it's not always going to be at the edges of the box. It could be a guard. And I've dealt with this a lot of times at the high school level. Guards a lot of the times are just run blockers or they're just a really big kid. They may not be the most mobile. And so that's why a lot of coaches move them inside. They're a, they're a guard. They don't have to necessarily know uh, and, and be the quarterback of the offensive line like the center. So you, you end up having a lot of times your weaker offensive linemen are going to be your guards. Find out which one is the donkey and then attack him over and over again. Uh, so what is their main way of protecting? There's really three main ways of protection. Uh, now, obviously, at the higher levels, you have uh, kind of variations of each. But if you really want to boil it down to what are the three main ways of protecting, you have big on big. You're just blocking. Hey, where is the D lineman? And then that's who we're going to block. Full slide means every, it's zone scheme, right? Everybody's stepping in one direction and then blocking the next man over. And then combo is, hey, we've got a man side where, we're, where we only have two over here, so we're putting two on two. And then we're going to have the center. And then whatever side he's sliding to is just kind of use that zone scheme and slide. That usually puts the running back into the A-gaps. And so where do you want to attack these, these people? In big on big or man blocking, you want to attack the back or or you want to create some sort of stunt where you're creating some sort of a pick and getting a guy free because once you get that guy free, there's nobody to block him. Nobody's coming back. So you have man blocking or big on big. Nobody's coming back. Full slide, you want to attack the edges of the box as primarily away from the slide. And then combo, uh, you want to attack inside. You want to attack the A-gap, and then you want to make that running back step up, sit there, and then hammer him back into the quarterback. Let's talk about creating one-on-one -on -one matchups. 5-0 front is the best way to ensure uh, a one-on-one -on -one matchups. This is the best practice. You see it at every single level. You put five defenders on the line, six defenders on the line, and you get a six-on-six six or a five-on-five. That's the best way. It creates man blocking. Placing a defender on each offensive lineman forces that offensive lineman to take him. Uh, double A-gap mug presentations, they can create combo protection where, hey, look, we're just going to slide this way. We don't think that you're going to send everybody. We're going to slide this way. We're going to man this way. The running back is going to take one of the inside linebackers and the center is going to take one of the other ones. Uh, this is where in the double A and the reason why it is so popular is because a lot of times you get protection breakdowns either they just decide hey we're going to full slide to whatever it's usually your best defender and we'll just clean it up and the and the quarterback's responsible for the edge or we are going to combo this thing and the running back and the center are going to divvy out who who gets it whoever the center doesn't take the running back's going to kind of going to step up and take it the problem with that is if you have a running back that is not very good blocker you're going to get in trouble if you try and go five out you've got a free guy right in the face of the quarterback and that's a lot of the times in these double A, that's what happens. If they don't think that you are going to blitz those inside guys, they'll just go ahead and, and kind of fan do, you know, what we get with the combo and just kind of fan out to your guys. Uh, so it, if you're going to use a lot of double A, you need to make sure that you use it at least once to make them think, okay, we've got this and keep that running back in. It helps with the coverage. Okay. You can place defenders wherever you want. Uh, that's kind of a lot of times when you see a 5-0 front, people will just put the X's on a whiteboard and it's like, okay, where is the matchup that we want to get? You see this sometimes it, it's weird. It's kind of like a bell curve. You see this a lot of times at the lower levels. And sometimes you see this at the higher levels where you get so rigid, where 
you kind of on either end of the spectrum is these are my guys. They only play this position. They only can line up here. And then you get them a little bit more creative uh, in kind of in college and then kind of at the higher levels because you kind of have you're moving guys around. Hey, I've got this kid. He's really fast. He's young. He's Let's say I have a sophomore defensive end. He's really good at pass rushing. He's just so much faster than everybody else, but he's not technically sound, but he can beat somebody one on one. Let's put him inside and let's put him on. Let's put him on uh, on a guard. So I make sure too when you're thinking about this and you're thinking about blitz design and you're, you're getting down is packaging it to where I'm going to use maybe different guys. Um, I, I think Don Brown talked about it one time at a, at a clinic that I, that I was at about how using some of these younger guys on these third down packages, that's like giving them a little bit of that, you know, it's kind of like Hansel and Grub. We're, we're putting this, we're putting the bread down. Uh, you know, Hey, we, let's, here's, here's the trail of cheese. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this out there. Here's the carrot out there. Um, keeping them involved in it. Hey, he's really a, a special. We know he's going to develop, but hey, let's give him a package that he can have ownership of. And you would be shocked how uh, that actually helps them learn the defense more. It gives them something to be involved in. They feel like they have ownership of it. Uh, so if you have kind of these developmental players, but that maybe they're faster than, let's say you have an inside linebacker. He's really good on first and second down. Uh, he's not, you know, fantastic in coverage. Uh, but he's he's also just kind of a bull. He just kind of runs in there, and, and you know he's he's just a solid football player. But I've got this young kid. He's really fast. Why don't I use him? Okay, instead of the other kid, let that kid have a rest. Let's bring in this younger kid that may be a little bit quick, uh, a little bit twitchier. Uh, and he may not be as skilled and he may not know the whole defense, but I can at least get him to go rush the passer. So the goal again is manipulation and setup. I want to give them a 5-0 presentation. I want to give them a six-man front and I or I want to manipulate the protection and get that in there. But the key is where am I going to set my guys in order to get that one-on-one -on -one matchup? So let's go even deeper into the 5-0 alignment. These alignments are everywhere and at every level. They're a best practice, and you don't necessarily have to run a bare front with them. Okay, and a bare front is simply just fives, threes, and a zero nose. You don't have to get into bare looks with these. You can move and manipulate however this 5-0 front looks. You can overload one side with four and leave one guy all the way the opposite. You can run the bare front, or you can isolate the guards, right? That's what we're talking about today. You can isolate the guards with what I call a blazer's front. So a blazer's front in my language is a zero nose. We have two fives that are wide fives. And then we have two nines, guys that are standing outside. Of it. So what we've essentially done is we've taken those five linemen and we've moved them out. We have now forced width on the offensive line and we're creating that guard in a situation for that guard to have to play in space. Remember, guards are not tackles right they don't pass pro okay that's not what they do they usually have some sort of help whether it's from a tackle or it's from the center or it, it's easy right They they are not the tackles they're not the ones that are kick stepping back and they've got to take these edge rushers on a down to down basis so one of the ways that you can isolate a guard is to spread everything out in these five-man fronts using what i call a blazer front and the reason why i call it a blazer front is because it looks like we're blazing off the edge that's what i tell the kids when we introduce and when we introduce it is look this is our blazer front we're, we're looking like we're coming off the edge but what we're trying to do is isolate the guard and then putting that nose on that center doesn't allow him to help anyone nines and fives 
the alignment forces the guards to play like offensive tackles. We're going to get fan to space. They have to fan out. If they don't, you've got a guy careening off the edge that nobody's going to be able to block. Because remember, if the back takes one side, someone's coming off the other. Most guards are inside for a reason. They don't want to play tackle. Force them to do what they don't want to do. I think that's one of the things that defenses can do, right, is take ownership back in the game. We're going to force your players to play in space, just like you try and force us to play in space when you run the spread. So we can do this on defense by manipulating space and by putting people wider than they normally would be. And you're starting to see this trend more and more at the higher levels because it forces those guards to play as tackles and guards are not tackles. We hear this all the time during the whole draft process. Okay. He's a, you know, he was a road grader in college. He's going to be a right tackle or, Hey, he's going to move inside. He struggles with pass protection. He doesn't do well in space. If I'm hearing that, then I want to space that guy out. I want to force that guy to play in space. And the way you can do that is using the Blazers front or moving your guys outside. So it's similar to how offenses attack defenses with spread formations, but we're doing it in, in pinpoint accuracy on that offensive line. Easy to attack and O tackle with speed from the edge. That's easy. Okay. If But what happens if they've got a good tackle? I've, I've dealt with this before. I've played a team that had two, they were 6'5", 300 plus tackles. They were good. How do I then get away from them? Okay. I understand that they're good, but if I go into the guards, they didn't have one. One of the guards wasn't that great. That's who we're going to attack. We're going to manipulate it to make sure that we can attack that. So if they have good offensive tackles, don't waste your time with that. Just you could even move, you could even move your nose out there and just say, look, you're a big kid move out there and all you got to do is rush and, and, and just hold the wall, hold the wall. Cause we're bringing pressure. You, you know, just all that's all you got to tell them. Hey, look, go out there do the ballet, what I call the ballet of the dancing bears, man. Just go out there and kind of hand fight and just kind of set the edge. Just don't let that tackle, you know, don't attack it. Don't, don't shake the vending machine. Uh, don't just go out there and shake that tackle. Uh, so that, you know, and you get tossed like a rag doll, but create some sort of a wall. Then we're going to go and attack these guards. Width and speed can give the defense an advantage on a passing down by spreading everything out. Uh, you can use even things that you already have. Simple TAM, which is just tackle to A-gap. Putting that tackle all the way out into a four or a five technique and just letting him rip into the A-gap. A lot of times those guards, they'll, they'll fan out and they'll overset. And so it's really easy. They'll turn their shoulders and it's really easy for that guy to just rip inside. A simple TAM stunt from a five and a nine let that guy go vertical attacking and bull rushing the tackle on the outside shoulder and then let your speedy dn rip inside in fact on blazers the way that we set this up in blazers is that your five techniques are going to tam they're going to rip inside and they're going to look for the guard if he oversets i rip if he if he kind of stays stagnant i'm going to i'm going to pit pick him and then i'm going to try and rip inside so it, it that it doesn't matter what they do in blazers that is going to be we're going to go opposite the guard what we call portland which is outside now the outside guys are going to run text uh, text stunts so we're going to get the 
the five techniques on cops and we're going to get the defensive ends as the ones that are ripping out and all the nose is going to do is just kind of occupy the center. I don't need him to go anywhere else. And so that that's a simple way. And I have, I have scored so many sacks on those two pressures and just doing those back and forth, uh, back and forth and just doing that and just changing it and get and attacking the guards, add other best practice alignments like boss, to give different looks. So boss just means bigs on the same side. That's also known as a load front. You're putting one, all your bigs on one side or you're overloading a side. You're putting three to a side, one to the other. You're putting four to a side, one to the other. And what I like about this is let's say that they have a guard that, that one of their guards isn't very good. Well, I can load up that side where he's at but use wit to my advantage and then just have a three and a five to the other side to occupy those guys so you can do this uh however you want remember going back uh, it's just like x's on a whiteboard you can put your guys wherever you want if you need wit you do wit to one side to stress one guy and then just have have it regular uh three and a five to the other side so be be creative but use space to kind of get you the situation that you want so let's dive into an example let's talk about the broncos versus the texans and this is the example that we're going to use for this against the texans denver combined the boss alignment bigs on same side with the blazers width so what they did is they put uh, four to a side in a way because the dime is sitting right on top of the five technique and he's looking at the the, the running back to the other side you have a linebacker standing off the ball and then you have a wide nine so you've got five guys in front with an with an off ball dime and then that backer is going to walk down to a mug set so that what you've created and what you see in the nfl is because those edges are so fast now i'm not telling if you're a high school coach and you're listening to this i'm not telling you to get that defensive end five yards outside of that tackle and have him run in not all your dns are going to be 250 pounds and run four fives that's it look that's a pipe dream and those kids are freaks and if you've got one you are you probably just have to line him up and he he can go sack the quarterback on his own. You can use a little bit more width and you can widen everybody out in realistic fashion to allow your guys to kind of then space everybody out and force those guards to kick out. So they ran what I call Dame. So remember, my Blazers package has to do with Portland. So Blazers means we're running inside. The fives are ripping inside onto the guards. Portland means outside. So our, our DNs are going to stab and then work underneath. So it's like a tech stunt, right? In Dame, we're bringing that dime or that, that overhang to that side, and we're bringing him through the A-gap. So it just means dime to A-gap. Well, Dame Lillard, he plays for Portland. So we're using that in terms of to kind of our nomenclature, our language to get that so the kids understand. The nose is going to be in a two-eye. That's what I liked about even with the Broncos is that by placing that nose in a two-eye, you're forcing that center to then work to him. He's got to work. And any time that you're forcing someone to work, there's an opportunity to rip across him. He's, there's an opportunity for him to get overset, and I'm able to rip across him. That's going to also, and this is another key, by putting him on the guard, the guard has to honor him. Here's how this works. If the guard doesn't honor him, 
right, and the center slides away, you've got a free rusher into the face of the quarterback. They place the defensive tackle into a five technique. The guard is now in conflict. So, again, we talk about conflict on defense and and, uh, in offensive sense that overhangs, right? Our space players are getting put in conflict. It's run-pass conflict. It's a spatial conflict. You don't want to get too far from the box because then you can't fit the box. You don't want to get too close to the box because then you can't play the slot receiver. We're talking about on the offensive line and how you can put these guys in conflict. That's what you want. So by putting a two-eye on the guard, you have now put the guard in conflict. He knows that the tackle can't guard both of those two guys, right? He's got a five and a nine outside the tackle. He's going to have to take one of them. Right. So the guard understands I'm probably going to have to fan out there. Right. But I have a two eye right on top of me. So I can't just leave. I can't vacate. I'm going to have to stab and make sure that that two eye works away from me before I go and fan. And that is what the Broncos wanted. The other thing that the Broncos had was Randy Gregory, who's one of the best edges, especially pass rushing, one of the best edges in in football when he's healthy, is now with the nine technique. So that tackle is like, okay, I've got a defensive tackle and a five, but I've got Randy Gregory outside of me, and I've got the running back opposite of me. I'm going to have to really make sure that I'm oversetting and just hope that my guard shows up. And so this is where not only is the guard in conflict, but we also put the tackle in conflict. So by using three guys and just having alignment alone, we've put both the guard and both the tackle in conflict. They have to decide what they're going to do. Someone is going to come free on this pressure. So let's break down the play. At the snap of the ball, the guard punches to the two eye. The two eye is going to step to the center because that's who he's going to occupy and he's going to work to the opposite A gap. He wants to create space because remember, we've got the five tech ripping into the B gap and we've got the dime heading into the A gap. The running back is scanning. He understands that he's in charge of the off ball, which will be the dime. The dime is the off ball. Remember, our, our other linebacker walks down to the line to create a 5-0 front. So now we have going from going from right to left in the offensive perspective, we have a 9, a 5, a 2, a 4, because the backer's going to walk down on the tackle in a wide 9. So we know that we're going to get man blocking. Okay. But the guard and the tackle have numbers to them they have four guys on their side and they only have three to work with someone's going to come open so the tackle has to set back and he doesn't get an opportunity to overset because of the five technique he doesn't know randy gregory could drop into pass protection and if he oversets now he's got somebody a five technique that could easily rip inside he may have to take him once he sees Gregory go, he oversets and turns his shoulders. Once he turns his shoulders, it's like a, it's like a DB. Once you open the gate, the gate is open, right? You're going to let him in. You've got Randy Gregory careening off the edge. He opens the gate. The guard who has punched the two-eye now has to work over to the five-tech. Well, the five-tech's already got inside of that tackle and has direct line of sight for the quarterback the only hope for the guard now is to push him out of the way and that's where the breakdown happens the running back steps up he takes the dime that's great but no one is there to initially take that five technique and he's able to rip inside and create a sack fumble 
on the quarterback for the Texans because even though the guard gets there, the five technique has the angle to the quarterback and the quarterback's able to step up, but he's blind and he ends up taking a, a, a sack fumble and the Broncos get the ball. So the end result really is what the Broncos have done by using a two, a five, and a nine has forced the entire right side of that offensive line to now play in space. And that space it gets the guard. The guard has to honor the two eye before he flashes to the five. And it's just, it's too long. D linemen, especially at the NFL level, even inside are very quick. And if you don't get onto them quickly, they're going to have the angle at the high school level. And at the college level, what you can do is, Hey, we're going to take two of our speedier guys and we're going to put them on the same side. Uh, the Broncos have done this with Chubb and Gregory early in the season before Gregory got hurt. They put both Chubb and Gregory on the same side. They put Gregory and Browning on the same side. So how are you going to do that? Especially you put, you put Browning and Browning and Gregory on the same side. Both those two dudes are quick. How are you going to handle that with uh, your guard and your tackle, especially if you're not necessarily tackling, uh, especially if you're not attacking the left tackle. You don't have to attack the best player. If their right tackle is not as good as their left tackle, attack the right tackle. Just because your best defensive lineman plays over the left tackle doesn't mean that he has to do that on third down, right? Move him, right? So go ahead and start moving these guys around. One thing that I have really enjoyed watching the Broncos this year is their defense in the way that their DC Evro has moved guys around on the front to get these matchups. Their defense is playing phenomenal. So as bad as the offense is playing, that's how good this defense is playing. And it's something to watch, especially on these passing downs where Evro's moving these guys around. And this is a great example of manipulation and how to get that. So let's wrap this up. Boss alignment, stress the offensive line because you're putting all the bigs on the same side. They're going to have to slide that way. And that's a lot of times what you get when you do boss alignments. Even if you use 5-0 principles, they're probably going to slide some way to that load side. Okay. And the added value of width maximizes those matchups. The right guard for the Texans was put into conflict by alignment. Kick out to the five tech and the nose has free access and leverage. Work to the nose. And the, to assist the center, and the five tech now has free access. And that's what happens. He punched the two-eye before he worked to the five technique, and he just didn't have time, right? That guy got there too quickly. He was able to get a sack fumble. Guards don't want to play like tackles, okay? My friend, Doug Farrar, uh, he wrote an article back during the Legion of Boom days when he was working with SI that talked to uh, Bennett and Averill of the Seattle Seahawks. And one of the things that they talked about was forcing these guards to play like tackles. Remember, you know, we we are humans by nature. You see it every year in the draft. This guy's got to check all these boxes. This guy's got to fit in this box. We're going to put this guy in this placeholder. Uh, these guards aren't tackles, right? They don't have, they have completely different skill sets. And a lot of times guards are road graders. They're your run blockers. They're not your pass blockers. Force them to pass block, get them into space, move players around to get an advantage, use space as your friend. That's the goal. That's the key. So next time you're, you're sitting down and you're creating a, a third down pressure package, you're attacking the protection. What are you going to get when you get a 5-0 alignment? 
where is the donkey, and then use wit to your advantage, especially if you know that that guard or that tackle can't play in space. Use wit, force them to play in space, force them to overset, and use your best player, you doing what he does best, which is rush the pass. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube. You can always follow me on Twitter at the underscore coach underscore a follow me on Instagram at match quarters. Follow me on TikTok at match quarters, find my books on Amazon. And again, thank you for being here.